airing the Addisons. Let me say this, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, we've got to be careful and make sure that in everything, man, we are trying to get as close to what the word says as possible. And we got to understand that with that type of wickedness, man, you know, God does not wink at that. There's judgment. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. And you don't have shades of truth. You have truth or you have error. You have fact or you have fiction. And now we go into the thick of it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for joining us. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll grab some of your calls in the last segment of the show just to get your take on what we discussed today. Today we are um, basically going to talk about Pastor John MacArthur. We're just going to continue on with that discussion. I think there's so much in it um, that the church should be paying attention to. Mm. And uh, and then if there's time, if there's time, we <laughs> will talk about a Pew Research um, study that found that the more people consume information, um, the less they know. So mm. people who spend most of their time, or as as is termed by Pew Research, extremely <laughs> online people, mm-hmm. extremely online people are the people who tend to be least informed and most easily deceived. Mm. Somebody's like, nah, start with that one. <laughs> like, no, I mean, we 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 go to California in a minute, but start with that one because I get all my information online. Well, I mean, it's not just getting it online, and I think that's important to note, but it's where you're getting it online True. that tends to, according to Pew Research, indicate whether or not you're going to be informed. Now, um, informed, and again, we'll toggle back to this, okay? We'll talk back back to it. But just there's a difference between consuming a bunch of information Mm -hmm. and discerning that information and knowing if it's right information, if it's good information, like fact checking, cross checking, you know, all of these things to know what you're consuming. And then also this is interesting because Pew Research also kind of broke it down that, you know, people who get certain types of information (laughs) tend to be a little more conspiratorial. Mm. Well, my fall paper hat said, where y'all at? <laughs> In New Orleans, we would say furl. Furl paper. Because the O-I-L just does that for us. <laughs> uh, where all the furl paper hats at? Like, where are you guys hiding? And they're like, we're not telling you. I know you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not giving up your location to me. I understand it. Anyway, I think that's a very interesting um, discussion to have because, let's face it, many of us are consuming our information Uh, from online sources because Mm -hmm. we don't trust mainstream media and to go a step further we don't trust mainstream media online like we bypass (laughs) them (laughs) like they i think a lot of them felt like if we show up in their news feeds then they will you know (laughs) now we still don't trust you and so um anyway but it's just interesting for us to look at this information um i was made aware of this by an article that was written um at uh, breakpoint's website by john stone street and shane morris and um and I think it's insight it's insightful. I think it's something mm-hmm. that we can talk about. Mm-hmm. But before we do that, I want to um make sure to remind our listeners that we are still collecting listener testimonies, Will the Great. And um we we say this humbly. It's it's kind of awkward to say 
um, hey, call and, and say how much you appreciate, you know, what, what happens here. But really, the question is, is the Lord using AFR in any significant way in your life? Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so we want to make sure that we get those testimonies because, man, they add so much to, you know, even our share Yeah, you know, it's an we, encouragement. Yeah, it's, a, it's an encouragement. And we want to make sure that you have a chance because sometimes it's good to for you to to hear yourself, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, instead of hearing us all the time, you get to hear yourself. But if you want to leave that listener um, testimony, you can call 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. And just know you won't be live on the air. You'll be li- leaving a voicemail message that will be produced and made, you know, pretty and stuff like that so you don't have to worry about it but call in <laughs> and share really your, your testimony we would love to uh, hear it and play it during our share 877-876-8893 so today's show is uh entitled don't touch the pallium don't touch the pallium and we're going to go back to the middle ages as a precedent for well one of many Um, I guess, um, precedents that would be set to say that there is a separation between how the church operates and any government into which that church is deposited. Okay, Mm -hmm. so the church exists within various governments, but those governments do not have authority and jurisdiction over the church. Mm -hmm. We've already kind of covered this before and talking about it. But I think what we see coming from Grace Community Church is um, is the type of, you know, how, how do you describe it? Um, and I, I do, I mean this respectfully, Resistance? but I do feel, <laughs> yes, yes. But the word that was, or the, the description that comes to my mind is bulldog resistance. Like, no, mm. like it's, it's not a, it's not a timid, like, oh, we just hope you guys will like us. It is knowing exactly what the church is, right? you know, who has authority over the church right? and then responding accordingly and we don't have to be mean about that, but we do have to be certain about that, right? Yeah. And so why am I, why am I referring to the pallium? And so um, if, if, if that's the question that is just now on your mind, mm-hmm. or maybe some of our listeners are like, well, now what is that, Mika? Um, so this would, be, <laughs> this would be the piece, the article of, of clothing that goes over ceremonial garments for priests, right? Kind of looks like a... Um, it looks like a Y shape. It goes, it goes around the neck, around the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And you see this on priests and it hangs down the, the middle of, of the garment that they're wearing mm-hmm. um, the, yeah. the priestly garments. Um, I've talked about Anselm as being the father of scholasticism who lived between Augustine and Thomas Aquinas. Right. And I've talked about him, how with regard to understanding and knowledge and logic and learning mm-hmm. and him making arguments in defense of truth, but his arguments that he was making were for people who believed already. Mm. A lot of Anselm's arguments, incidentally, let me say this is not the topic, but a lot of Anselm's arguments, by the way, he lived from 1033 to 1109 AD. A lot of his arguments are used today to try to convince skeptics. Mm -hmm. So like the ontological argument, things like that. That's not how he intended his arguments to be used. I mean, I can't say that he would have a problem with that today, but I think it's important for us to understand that Anselm's arguments were developed for believers. Hmm. The questions that he was asking about the faith were for believers. And in fact, he didn't say understand to believe, which is what we try to tell skeptics today. 
I'm going to help you understand. I'm going to reason with you enough that then you will see the error of your ways and you will believe. Anselm said something that was opposite of that. Anselm said, believe to understand. Mm. So he put faith first. So what he was doing was what Peter was recommending (laughs) or writing to the church in his second letter that we add to our faith knowledge. Yeah. Right. So the faith is first and then you supplement. Peter called it a supplement. But there was something else that Anselm did that was really interesting and that I kind of was thinking about when I'm, you know, just reflecting on what Pastor Mm -hmm. John MacArthur is doing. Mm -hmm. Uh, When he was appointed as the Archbishop of Canterbury, he refused to allow King William II to place the ceremonial pallium on his priestly garments. And this is why he said that his office, okay, over the church didn't come from secular authority. Mm. He saw King William II as a representative or representing secular authority. And Mm. so he said, no, you're not going to place this garment on (laughs) me because you don't give me my authority over the church. Mm. And he was also saying to King William II that my authority is not going to be, or this office that I'm in is not going to be subject to secular authority. Mm. So in other words, you don't make me a bishop. Right. Okay. You don't make me an overseer of this church. We understand that that is the work of the Lord. (laughs) Okay. And number two, you don't put this pallium on me because I am not going to submit myself to your authority that you would somehow have rule over the church. Mm. Guys, this is huge. This is huge, right? This is such a big deal. And why is it such a big deal even for what we're looking at today? Because what Pastor John MacArthur is saying is that, yes, we submit to the governments that we exist in. But the submission to those governments do not go beyond certain borders, right? Like meaning if we are called to do something that violates our conscience, we cannot and we will not do it. But for secular governments to assume authority over the Lord's church is a violation of the way God has established the church. And this is not revolutionary. And that's why we go back to the Middle Ages and say, let's just consider Anselm. (laughs) This was this this was his we're still going to meet moment. You understand? (laughs) I mean, his refusing to let the king put the ceremonial garment on top of his priestly robes was was saying, you don't have any authority over me. You haven't given me this authority, so you can't control it. Mm. Now, you know, obviously, (laughs) that's a big that's a big deal when you're talking about kings. right? Right. But think about it. Look, even the same today, when we're talking about rulers and authorities, they cannot breach the door of the church. You don't have the authority to come inside the household of faith and to begin telling elders and which again, and and we could have called this show a lot of different things because (laughs) what I, what I think we also have to focus on is the importance of elders and what the Lord gave to the church and why the Lord gave elders and overseers to the church. Mm -hmm. And so I got to say, this is one of those shining moments that is a public moment where Pastor John MacArthur, you're not so much focused on the teacher, mm-hmm. right? You're not, you're not so much focused on the speaker, the author, the writer, the theologian, and all of these things are great. But right now what comes into focus is the overseer. 
the watchman, right? It's the elder, the presbyter, the, the one who basically is willing to lay himself down for the people that he oversees. He's putting a lot out there. And this is where we really get to see how it's way, (laughs) it's way more valuable to have a true elder over a church than it is just to have someone who is charismatic Mm. and, you know, well, I'll stop there. That's an, I mean, just the things, look, just the things that we favor today. All right. Like, let's right. talk about our culture. Our culture is very like eye candy driven. So we want a pastor that's cool and fresh. Mm. You know what I mean? We want him to, you know, yeah. you know, yeah, no, <laughs> All right. I'll just, I'll just anyways. Um, no, I no, 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 not to anybody's pastor. Who's not those things. Not yeah, saying but that you, those you're things making a, have to you, be. You're making a good point. You, okay. We don't want a hireling. We don't want someone right. who's not called to be an overseer Correct. in that position. You want a true overseer. That's ex- okay. Great. That's that's exactly the point I'm making because in a situation like this, um, the hireling is the one who runs away from the danger and mm-hmm. leaves the sheep exposed. Exactly. And that is not what you want. You want that Anselm moment. You want that. Um, what we're seeing coming from Pastor John MacArthur, you, you want that moment. And so when we get back on the other side of the break, we'll talk about um, why elders are so important and how the Bible does not leave us deluded or leave us asking questions about the importance of elders. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in addition to that, the Bible doesn't leave us deluded as or, or asking questions about who is the supreme head and authority over the church. Mm. That's His good. name is Jesus. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> right. And so so we'll talk a little bit about that. But first, just to catch our listeners up as we head to this first break about what's going on in California, because we've kind of been going back and forth here. It looks like, oh, there's a victory with Grace Community Church. And then, oh, there's not a victory. And, and you know, the victory appeared to be that the church was going to be allowed to meet if they would do like the social distancing and the if they would wear the masks mm-hmm. and all of that. And yeah, but it. But it seems now that there's been a state issued saying, no, not even that, not even that you, you, you guys are not allowed to meet, not even with the agreement that you'll put some measures into place for a few weeks, you know, that kind of a thing. And so Grace Community Church is saying, basically, we're not playing that game. We're not, we're not going back and forth. It seems that there is a vendetta, that there is some sort of, you know, I'm coming for the church posture Mm -hmm. coming from secular government right and so this is where you see what pastor john MacArthur is doing as an elder and overseer of that church the lord has placed him there this is where that becomes so important and so vital all right aaron the addison's american family radio we'll grab this break and be right back Addison's on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And that's Jonathan McReynolds. Not lucky. I'm loved. Sherry B is over in Studio CC. This article here from the Christian Post um, out today, holding indoor services once again in defiance of California's COVID-19 lockdown orders. Pastor John MacArthur of Grace Community Church on Sunday told his congregation, quote, we are holding church 
because our Lord commands it, end quote. Mm. The megachurch met hours after an appeals court blocked a ruling that had allowed them to meet for worship. And we'll get into kind of what happened, the back and forth, and why Pastor MacArthur is like, uh, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> like we're, we're, we're out. Um, quote, they don't want us to meet. That's obvious, end quote. MacArthur said after Los Angeles County secured a stay of the trial court ruling that would have allowed the congregation to meet indoors with masks and social distancing. So, and anyway, um, Pastor MacArthur continues, they're not willing to work with us. They just want to shut us down, but we're here to bring honor to the Lord. The California Court of Appeals said in its ruling late Saturday, quote, as between the harm that flows from the heightened risk of transmitting COVID-19, namely serious illness and death, and the harm that flows from having to conduct religious services outdoors instead of indoors, um, the balance at this early stage favors issuance of a stay. <laughs> in other words, for, safe, for the safety of the public and the safety of the congregation, I guess, I, I guess meeting <laughs> outdoors is that that's what they're saying. It wouldn't be safe for them. They could be, I, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, they leave us no choice, but to issue a stay for their safety and the safety mm. of the public. Okay. okay then. That's just so careful. <laughs> like, okay, thank then. you very much. We appreciate that. <laughs> MacArthur said he doesn't know quote exactly what the city is trying to do with us and to us in <laughs> quote and clarify that the indoor service was not aimed at being rebellious. He said, quote, we're meeting because our Lord has commanded us to come together and worship him. On Friday, Judge James Shelfant of Los Angeles Superior Court agreed with MacArthur and his church that it is the county's burden to show why they should um, they should be permitted to infringe on the constitutionally protected rights of churches to freely exercise religion. The appeals court, however, issued an emergency order on Saturday in favor of L.A. County. Uh, the church's attorney has argued that the county's demand to comply with COVID-19 restrictions were unreasonable. The church offered to have the congregation comply with mask wearing and social distancing indoors until the matter could be fully heard. Quote here, um, I want to say this is the statement that came from the church to the Christian Post. Um, this was stipulated as a more reasonable action than that of the county's rush to shut down church services. The judge agreed and set the full hearing for September 4th, ordering the church to have congregants wear masks and social distance between family groups indoors. Hmm. Now, according to Pastor MacArthur, <laughs> the church was willing to do this. This is what he said, quote, we agreed. Look, we'll comply for a few weeks. They asked that for three weeks. We're not wanting to be defiant. We will do what is reasonable. That was not enough for the city. They went to the appellate court Saturday late and had that order removed. In other words, nah, just don't meet. Hmm. In other words, just don't. And, and this is where, wow. you know, it's you have to understand where the authority is for the church of the Lord. Yeah. All right. And, and this is this is not this man. And I wish that I wish that believers understood this. This is not political posturing. This is not political posturing. And, and let me say this. This is not even falling on the the expected American protection that we have, which is the free exercise of religion. It's not just falling on that. This is deeper, spiritual and more eternal. Yeah. Right. So this should be the posture of Pastor MacArthur uh, before America's founding mm -hmm. <laughs> that the church is protected. Mm hmm. 
Because I think this is the question, and, and this, this would be what the scholar Anselm would have been considering and anticipating. Um, okay, what do you want, O king? Right? Like, what do you require of me if I give up this ground? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. what else could the government require of churches if churches begin to say, we, we really have to do what is expected of us? Let's be reasonable here. Right. Because because that's that's the push now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When at the same time, when at the same time, you have people who are able to um, mostly peacefully protest. Mm -hmm. Mostly. That's the that's the great call. Right. right. Without restriction. <laughs> A couple of things I want to I want to um, I want to show from the scriptures that I think is really mm -hmm. important is one. And, and I think everybody understands this, but what I want to drive home in this segment is that the elders or overseers or however you call them of any local assembly are indispensable. Now, before we, we go, go ahead. there, do you think that uh, in that order or whatever that uh, John MacArthur, Pastor MacArthur um, agreed to the, the mask and the social distancing, you think he should have? Agree to that? Is that something that? Yeah, I think he should have. That was a and good I'll thing? tell you why. Well, I'll tell you why I don't have a problem with it. I, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm neutral as to whether or not it's a good or a bad thing. I'll tell you why I don't have a problem with it because mm -hmm. the Bible instructs us as much as we can that we are to lead peaceful lives, and so it's not going to stop the word of God being taught. They're mm -hmm. still going to sing and worship. Mm -hmm. You know, um, if they agreed to wear the masks and didn't see that as a violation of their conscience. Mm -hmm. I don't personally have a problem with that. If mm -hmm. they agree to socially distance, um, I don't personally have a problem with that. Now, I'm I don't think I, I think we get into trouble as Christians when mm -hmm. we start accusing people for the, the decisions we make that are those kinds of decisions. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that's mm -hmm. a that is a can we eat food sacrificed to idols, mm -hmm. in my opinion. In my opinion, somebody might disagree with me and that's fine. Mm -hmm. I don't think that that's cowardly mm -hmm. because remember what Pastor John MacArthur is attempting to do. And man, praise God. Like I, I have to tell you, look, I don't agree with Pastor John MacArthur on everything. <gasps> <laughs> I don't. Mm -hmm. I don't. Okay. But I will tell you this. I am in 100% support and agreement of what he is doing now because I see it as protective of the body of mm -hmm, Christ. Mm -hmm. And the Lord has made him elder over this church. Yeah. And I see him taking that seriously and it warms my heart, man. That's it, great. Um, I'm like, yes. It's great. But you, you know, I mean, there are pastors who are seeing this and they're saying like, man, Romans 13, like this whole thing, even though they're, like they're saying like, this is not right. That putting is putting uh, congregants in harm's way, and I think it's a it's a setup for another type of divide to where, you know, it's like these type of Christians. We're these type of Christians as opposed to these types who don't, you know. I, I just it's, yeah, it's, but and it's crazy I, I to think see that, that those same know? Christians in some ways, not in all ways, and I'll be careful here. But mm -hmm. I think that those same Christians in some ways may have said, um, what's the big deal if you just pinch the incense once a year? You don't have to mean it in your heart. Just mm. do what the government requires of you. I think we have to understand um, both the prescription of Romans chapter 13 and the limitations mm -hmm. of Romans chapter 13 because mm -hmm. 
Romans chapter 13 does not allow for secular government to take the place of God's God's stated authority over the church. Mm -hmm. First and foremost, Jesus Christ being the head. And then after that, the elders that are put in place over those congregations. There is um, there there is no biblical prescription Mm -hmm. for secular government to oversee the church Mm -hmm. to determine how the church is to function. And, And that is decidedly different from, okay, you obey the laws of your land in, in as much as those laws do not rival the authority of scripture. Mm -hmm. But for the Christian, our highest constitution is the Bible. Yeah. Our highest authority is the Lord Jesus Christ. And man, this is so important. I don't, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but can Mm -hmm. I, there is, there is one account in scripture that I think, and, and, and maybe there's others, maybe there are other people who might say, well, I think there's even more of a, um, of a glaring, or obvious or compelling argument to be made for the importance of elders. But I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to this scripture before the other two that I wanted to go to, because one of the things I wanted to talk about the order of church, first and foremost, that Jesus Christ is the head, but maybe we don't need to start there. Maybe many Christians listening would understand that and say, no, I, we already get it. Mika, like go on to something. Like maybe people already get that, (laughs) but elders after Christ, being the head of the church, elders and overseers, right? This, what we call church government is important. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. It's all throughout Amen. the new Testament. Like this, this is, it's, it's almost as if, you know, it's almost as if the Lord set up church government so that we would have our own government that functions within larger secular government. So there's, so that there's no question how the Christian is to function, right? So if you look at, and I'm, I'm just going to flip to it in the scriptures. If you look at Acts chapter 14, man, and I, you know, again, these are the things where when, when you read the scriptures, you're like, whoa, you know, I don't know that I would have gone back. <laughs> but you look at the reason that he went back. You, you have the Apostle Paul and the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 14 is stoned at Lystra. Man. Okay. He is stoned and he is believed to be dead. All right. And you know, the, <laughs> the Bible says that the disciples gathered about him and he rose up and entered the city. Now, you know, you don't want to <laughs> read into the text. I don't know that they prayed for him. to. I don't know how all of that worked. Mm-hmm. But here is what the Bible says, right? Acts chapter 14, uh, verses 19 through 23, believers, okay? But Jews came from Antioch and Iconium, and having persuaded the crowds, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. So they fully believed that they stoned him to death. Can you imagine what he looked like? They believe they had stoned him to death. Like that is not mm-hmm. some type of lethal injection where you're not right. really sure of the effects of it. That right. the, the effects of being stoned are obvious. Okay. So they believe that they stoned him to death. Um, verse 20. But when the disciples gathered about him, he rose up and entered the city. <laughs> and on the next day, he went on with Barnabas to Derby. So he go he goes back into Lystra <laughs> mm-hmm. and then they move on. They go to Derby. But he's going to go back to Lystra even after this, right? So in verse 21, 
when they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith and saying that through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. Verse 23. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Mm. And from there you see the apostle Paul moving on. So it is not, Oh, I'm done here. Gotta go. Right. These people almost killed me. I'm done. <laughs> I'm out. Nope. He goes back to Lystra. And why does he go back to Lystra? Well, there's several <laughs> things that the apostle the Paul does. Done. He, the work wasn't done. I mean, to say it succinctly, to say it simply, the work wasn't done. And what was the work that remained? It's it's very similar to what Paul told Titus, right? This is the reason I left you in Crete, mm -hmm. <laughs> that you'd put elders in place. When Paul is on his way to Jerusalem and he calls the Ephesian what? Elders, elders. to That's him. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. All throughout the scriptures. The elders as those who are protecting the body of Christ. Oh, man, don't, don't be in a church. Don't be in a church where you have weak elders, man. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I'm just, the, the Bible makes no provision for that. The Bible makes no provision for the cowardly. I'm not talking about being reckless. I'm not talking about, even as Pastor MacArthur has said, I'm not talking about being rebellious. But I'm talking about fully understanding the office that you occupy, right? So what is the work that Paul goes back into Lystra because he's not done doing? Strengthening the disciples, encouraging them to continue on in the faith, warning them that through tribulations we must enter the kingdom. Now, keep in mind, this is the man that was just stoned nearly mm -hmm. to death. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I tell you, I get, you know, I was, <laughs> I was reading something in uh, preparation. We are, we've left the book of Acts. And so we're reading through uh, Paul's epistles, right? And we're, we're in Galatians. Galatians. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and I was reading something about the, the apostle Paul and about the second century. Um, and this is like really the only kind of like record we have where someone wrote and, and it is believed that this was kind of passed down word of mouth. Um, what Paul looks like that he was short in stature that um, he had like these, you know, rickety looking legs and this crooked nose, you know, they was short man, <laughs> the apostle Paul. Right. And I had never read that before. And I thought that was really interesting. And so it gives me, you know, and I don't know that it's accurate, you know, okay. But it's the earliest account in second century that we have where someone is describing what the apostle Paul looks like. And if you compare that to some of the things that are written about him, like, you know, Paul even addresses them himself, you know, they say that I'm weak in appearance, you know, mm -hmm. but, you know, I'm bold in my letters, but, you know, all of these things. And so I don't know, maybe there's some truth to that. That's neither here nor there. Here's my point. I'm trying to imagine the stature or the measure of a man who has been stoned nearly to death, possibly death, <laughs> um, and then goes back into a city because, one, he wants to strengthen the disciples Two, he wants to encourage them to continue, right? He wants to warn them that through tribulations. I can imagine Paul saying, like what you just saw. Right. Okay, Look that's tribulation. <laughs> Man. <laughs> can anybody have any ice packs? And I'm not, Man. you know, I mean, just no, think about real. this is real, real, guys. This is this is not just for our entertainment, for right. our reading. This really, this is the this is our history, okay? And then finally. 
why does he go back to appoint elders for them mm. in every church? <laughs> to appoint elders. Listen, the care for the church and those who would deceive the church, Paul listed that in 2 Corinthians among his suffering. That's what he suffered, his care for the church. Don't have a weak overseer oversee you. All right, Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We'll be right back. repeat let no one think me foolish but even if you do accept me as a fool so that I too may boast a little what I am saying with this boastful confidence I say not as the Lord would but as a fool since many boast according to the flesh I too will boast for you gladly bear with fools being wise yourselves for you bear it if someone makes slaves of you or devours you or takes advantage of you or puts on airs or strikes you in the face to my shame I must say we were too weak for that Just a little sarcasm for you. But whatever, whatever anyone else dares to boast of, I am speaking as a fool. I also dare to boast of that. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they offspring of Abraham? So am I. Are they servants of Christ? I'm a better one. And I'm talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings and often near death. So near death. Verse 24, five times I received at the hands of the Jews, the 40 lashes, less one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I was adrift at sea on frequent journeys in danger from rivers, danger from robbers, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness. This okay, danger <laughs> at sea, danger from false brothers. I'm going to pause there. I'm at verse 27. This is the opposite of what Fred Hammond sang about. <laughs> right. <laughs> so Fred is out on stage and Fred is saying, we're blessed in the city. We're blessed in the field. And Paul comes stage right. He's like, danger in the city, danger in <laughs> man, the field. Right. Man. This is this was his song. Man. Okay. Verse 27, in toil and hardship through many a sleepless night in hunger and thirst, often without food in cold and exposure. Now, verse 28, (laughs) and apart from other things, which, I mean, that would be enough, right? (laughs) (laughs) What? And apart from, (laughs) wait, there's more. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches Mm. who is weak and I am not weak who is made to fall and I am not indignant. Why, why, why do I share all of that? Because I think it is so vital for us to understand that now is not the time for us to be affiliated with anyone who does not add to their burden and their daily care, the church over which the Lord has Mm. made them an elder. Mm. If you can take it or leave it, it's probably best that you leave it. Mm. I mean, right. there's 
there's nothing that you see in scripture <laughs> at all that calls for weak elders. In fact, if, if weak elders, those who are like, okay, well, they told us not to, so we just won't. Now, I'm, I'm not talking about taking measures to make sure people are safe. Please do not misunderstand what I'm saying here. But what I am strongly suggesting is that when the Apostle Paul was imploring the Ephesian elders before he's on his way to Jerusalem and he's, he's like, you're not going to see me anymore, right? If he's imploring them to remember everything that he's taught them and to, to prepare themselves basically for the savage wolves, the savage wolves that, that are going to come in among, among them, do you think he's calling for little, little Miss Swiss Miss? I'm sorry. Is that can can we say Swiss Miss? Why not? Is that? I mean, I don't know. Cause I don't know either. So is that offensive to what? the Swiss? Well, I don't know. So <laughs> I'm not sure. Oh man, I don't know if she's in the category with Uncle Ben and them. I don't know. I'm sorry. Um, e edit that out later for the podcast. Um. I just don't know if she's been canceled. <laughs> if not, they probably, the, the letter's lost in the mail. Um, anyways, here is my point, and we'll go to the phone lines. What Pastor John MacArthur is doing, I do not believe, is for a show. I have read some people accuse him of that. Um, I do not believe that. We have to remember that Pastor John MacArthur started out um, airing his services, right, online, so that people could dial in and, and watch, okay? And then the people started coming back. And then Pastor MacArthur is like, okay, and then I'm watching the protest. And they get to do it. Right. And, <laughs> and and then, like all of you, we also will watch Dr. Fauci say, well, that's that's beyond my, I can't tell anybody what, pro, I don't know what you mean with <laughs> protest. I, I only issue and tell people what. But, but the question is, is it safe for protesters to be out there marching and looting and yelling and shouting? Is that safe? Well, I mean, I, we have we have encouraged people to socially. Do, OK, but we're shutting down churches and you seem to approve that. Like, do you approve the pro I, well, I don't I don't have that. I have a, listen. <laughs> OK, <laughs> you know, <laughs> come on, man. You know, soup like mouth. <laughs> soup mouth. Look, I don't know if we've introduced this term to our midday <laughs> listeners here, but we used to use it a lot on the morning oh, show. Man. Um, there's only one way to describe a person who talks like that. It's like they're trying to have a conversation with you while eating soup. <laughs> it's incredibly disturbing. I mean, because <laughs> I don't know. it's like <laughs> what? Oh. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> It's hard for me to express why well, this soup is good. <laughs> soup mouth. 888-589-8840. Oh, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. <laughs> Sherry B is over in Studio CC. We'll take your calls. This is not the time for um, those who are prone to shrink back to be pushed to the front of the church. The Bible <laughs> says that we... <laughs> not to be pushed to the front of the church. Yeah. But yeah, I agree. I agree. Because this is a time when we have to step up. We really have to step up to to show who we are, you know. And then Dr. MacArthur, oh, I think we may have lost Mickey. But Dr. MacArthur, Arthur, what he's doing right now is a bold step. And I think, you know, there are a lot of people who are talking about, well, Christians are not showing love. They're not showing love for their neighbors, you know, by having 
these things happen. They're not showing love, you know, a concern for their fellow man. But man, who at the end of the day, who are we serving and what is our standard? You know, what is our standard? And we have to make sure that the standard is the word of God. And so when we come into these hard situations, these hard positions right now, man, I, I feel like we have to have the backbone that it takes because it's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. It's not going to get any better. It's going to get worse. But we have to take the, that, those stances right now, you know, and applaud uh, our brothers and sisters who are taking stand and not be on the side, you know, of the enemy. Because at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's a division that's, that's happening, but we have to know what the Bible is saying about this. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, if we know what the Bible says, we can stand surely, we can stand firmly on the word of God and not be moved by what the culture is saying, by e- even by what other Christians are saying about, man, it's not, it, it looks like you're not showing love, you mm-hmm. know? Yeah, no, I agree. I'm not sure where, where I dropped my connection, though. Oh, um, I, well, I just, I just picked wanted... it up. I picked it up where you where you dropped off. So we good. I don't know where that was. <laughs> well, not... well, I know cause... We, we can go to calls right now if you want to. OK, yeah, let's do that, because I got to tell you, uh, some of my most profound thoughts of the day happened when I saw your message that I needed to reconnect. <laughs> well, what did you that, say? That, that was worth the oh, hour of what, the show what, in that time where it was disconnected. <laughs> what did you say? We don't have time for it, babe. We got to go to these calls. All right, well. Will the Great. <laughs> let's go to Rebecca in Let's go to Rebecca in Kentucky. Hi, Rebecca. Hi, Will. Hi, Hello. Mickey. Thank you so much for having me. God bless you guys. God bless you. Um, God bless you. Something, the mask, um, compromise, complacency does not bring peace. And we can see it in John MacArthur's church. They, they don't care what they wear. They want them to wear those masks. They want everything done as far as social distancing because they told us to because mm. that's the rule and because they can and because they mandate it, which they really can't. But the mask so horrifies me. I am so dead set against it, mm. very threatened. And this for me is like my dirt and don't put mm-hmm. your flag in it. And I see everyone around me so giving in so easily. And I know there's all the arguments. I've been in so many arguments, I almost don't have breath left. Mm. But our lives are free. If you're sick, you go home and lock down. Leave the world alone. And I'm not a criminal, asymptomatic mm-hmm. spreader of this thing. And the whole thing is, we don't compromise with the devil. And it doesn't matter. There was a uh, a report, they wanted your mask on your face if you were in a conference call on the video mm-hmm. at home by yourself. Please. So they're <laughs> never going to be happy. And the mask might as well say 666 across it because it's part of the process of and vaccination and all these things. The mark of the beast, I believe it. So mm. I just want to say that somebody... So I feel very alone, and I say it in fear and trembling with the Lord. Lord, hold my hand, but don't let them put that muzzle on my face. And God bless you guys, and thank you so much for for hearing my heart, okay? And I love Well, thank you, so Rebecca. I, thank you, I Rebecca. appreciate you. I appreciate you calling and sharing that. And again, look, I... I understand what our sister is expressing here, you know, and, and I understand what might be the, the opposite position, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I just... I tell you that there is 
man, there there is room for us as believers to have a conversation around the masks. And, and you know, one person listening might say, well, you think there's room around that because <laughs> this is your particular conviction. I don't think there's any room, you know, because mm-hmm. I look, I'll, I'll tell you, there's no room for conversation around forced vaccinations for me. Yeah, no room. No room. There's but, not a, there's not a square that I'm willing I, to stand on next to it. I agree with that. You know, but I think the argument a lot of people would make and I can't disagree is that mm-hmm. like mask and stuff like that is just a um, progression to the next thing, which. Yeah, I can't you know, disagree with them on that either. I can't. I, I, I can't yeah. disagree with them on that either. OK. All right. Where do we go next? Let's go to Timothy in Texas. Hi, Timothy. Hey, well, Nikki, it's so nice to be on here. Thank you guys for taking my call. Oh, no problem. Sure. Um, yeah. First of all, I want to just say thank you guys so much for what you guys do on the radio. And it's always a pleasure for me uh, to listen to you guys. And you are so great at making the scriptures come alive and to explain things and to uh, make them easier to understand. Um, mm. I had a question for you guys about uh, church history. Uh, that's something that I've always been interested in, but I don't know where to go to find books or resources for learning about the history of the church. I feel like it's really important to know about that. Mm-hmm. especially where we are in today, because knowing where we come from is important to know how we maintain and uh, maintain the faith and how we stay steadfast to what we profess to believe. And I was mm-hmm. wondering if you have any resources of books or anything to uh, that I could look into for that. Yeah, that's a great question, Timothy, and I, I appreciate it so much. I think we should be asking this question a little bit more. There's, there's so much that is enlightening to learn about our history, right? Which to me is the most important history. The very first book that I ever read on church history was the story of the Christian church written by the late Hurlbert. Um, I don't have the book in front of me. Uh, I want to say H-U-R-L. It's either B-U-R-T or B-U-T, Hurlbert. I'm not sure. I'll have to look it up. I think it's B-U-T. Um, B-U-T. Okay, Hurlbert. Mm-hmm. Hurlbert. B-U-T. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, pastor James Garlow wrote a book. Uh, the, the title of that book is how God saved civilization. And that's a great book. I, I enjoyed that book. It was one of those, um, you know, just sort of just page Turner books that, um, James Garlow wrote it was published in 2000. Um, and he was looking back on 2000 years of church history sort of. And uh, I really enjoyed that. I also, I read another book, uh, called the year of our Lord, um, Oh, goodness. And I forget the author of that book. Um, Sinclair Ferguson. Sinclair Ferguson is the author of that book in the year of our Lord. And then I have others that if you email us, um, Addison's at AFR.net, mm-hmm. I'll give you those. I'll try to squeeze in one more call. So I'll save giving a, a whole rundown and also um, save my brain because I can't remember all of them. I have stacks <laughs> of books on church history that I read and then use as a reference. So I'll, I'll give you all of that if you email me. Um, let's try to squeeze in one more call. Will the great. All right. Let's go to Estelle in Texas. Hi, Estelle. Hi, thank you so much for taking my call. Mm-hmm. I just want to say thank you for your broadcast. It has been such a blessing to my heart. Um, it's so important to me and I know it may not be important to others, but you guys are from New Orleans. So mm-hmm. am I. Okay. I'm African American. <laughs> and okay. just to hear, just to know that there are others of us out there who, who know and understand the word of God and can have a conservative viewpoint and not mm. feel ashamed. It has blessed my heart. Mm. Um, Isaiah 59 and 14 and 15 says that justice has been driven back. The righteous st- 
understand that a distance truth has stumbled in the streets and mm. honesty cannot enter. Truth is nowhere to be found, and whoever shuns evil is a prey. And that's how I felt. But since I found you guys, I feel encouragement. So thank you for what you are doing. Oh, wow. Thank you, Estelle. Oh, man, that is a powerful passage wow. of Scripture, Estelle. Thank you so much for that. Um, I'm going to go back and read that myself. Uh, thank you for that encouragement. If we had more time, if we had more time, I would have asked Estelle, since she's from New Orleans, does she fry fish and earl? I just would have to know because that will tell me if she's really from New Orleans or if she's, you know, uh, I'm just kidding. All right. We're out of time. Um, if you ever have any questions about anything that we discuss on the show, you can always email us Addison's at AFR.net. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless.